Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Nathan Herndon. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app, our website, for ways to give. Anyway, hey, grab your Bibles. Open them to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Um, There is so much to share with you today as as it um, pertains to vision. Um, But uh, I want to share just a a little bit today. I want this to be a Vision Sunday where we can get a taste of what God has for us, not big picture. Big picture, our our vision here. Does anybody know it? You just want to scream it at me? Anybody know what our vision is here for this house? Uh, Always to love people, yes. It's to be a Jesus church, all right? We wrote it on the wall for you right there. That was, that was a test that we actually gave you the answer. You can, you can always cheat over there, all right? But our goal is to be a Jesus church. Jesus purchased the church, and we, we want to be a, a Jesus church. When you boil providence down, and, and when, when we say if we can do one thing, we want to be a church that, uh, that is a Jesus church. In other words, we want him more than anything. We treasure him more than anything. We follow him anywhere he tells us to go, anywhere he leads us. So we want to be a Jesus church. So that is, that is big picture, our, our vision. But I want to talk today about what, uh, what I really believe God's vision is for next year, 2023. Can we just think about that for a moment? Just want us to think about 2023 for a moment. God, and as, as you do, just like asking, God, open my heart to what you want to do next year. Because the big picture is kind of easy. It's kind of conceptual. But you have, to, when, you have to start walking this out. You have to start going towards it year by year, month by month, week by week, day by day. It's a vision really takes a, a process. And I believe if we're going to be a Jesus church, we, we have to begin to align our years up with his heart. If you've been around Providence for a while, you know that 2022, we said that we really believe that it's going to be a rebuild year for us. Um, coming out of COVID was nasty, right? Um, it was really nasty for the church, and we were no exception. It was hard. Um, I remember when, when uh, COVID first hit, nobody knew what the future was going to look like. We thought it was just going to be a little bit, but it turned into be a lot of it. Uh, do you know that we were, uh, we were just a few months out from getting in this, this facility when COVID happened? Do you know that? We went from, I don't know, about $1,600 uh, for rent at a school to a, a mortgage payment here for this. And we did it right, right as COVID was hitting and we weren't even gathering anymore. And it just really took a toll on the church. You can go, I'm not going to depress you by, by rattling off statistics of what has happened to the church uh, as a result of COVID, but it wasn't easy on the church. And I really felt that God wanted us not to focus on uh, you know, doing lots of other stuff outside of Providence, but I really felt that God wanted us to focus on rebuilding Providence from the inside out. You know that if you're going to reach out to the world, if you're going to be a catapult to the nations, you better have a beautiful foundation, right? Right? And so God's focused us on the foundation. We've reorganized. We've gotten stronger. And I would say this, um, that I really believe that we are more organized and, uh, and more, more structured in a kingdom way than we've ever been in the history of Providence. We just celebrated 15 years, but I believe that, yeah, you, go ahead and clap for that. You can, I don't want to stop that. We're not living for organization. We're living for Jesus because we're a Jesus church, right? But we don't, also don't want to be uh, constantly operating in pandemonium and chaos. And so we wanted to rebuild in a way that the launch pad was strong, 
and that we could blast off into the, future, into the future that God has for us. So 2022 was a rebuild year for us. And you know, it, we're always going to be rebuilding into the future, right? We're never going to stop rebuilding. But there's a, there's a time when it comes as we're rebuilding. There's a time where we stop just rebuilding and focusing on, on what's happening inside and we begin to reach. Many times at churches and other organizations, when you start rebuilding and focusing on the inside, it starts getting so good that you actually forget what's happening outside of our walls. And we, don't, we didn't build these walls to protect us from Spring Grove people, all right? We, we, we built these walls so, so this would be a furnace, set us on fire so we can reach our neighbors, Amen. And so there, there comes a time that even while you're rebuilding, you better start reaching. And that has to become a part of the culture and the DNA and the very fabric of who we are. That we, we are not just waiting for the apocalypse. We, we, are, we are running to the lost. Now, I haven't heard people talking much like that, honestly. I've heard, I've heard, about, I've heard about gas prices a whole lot. But I really believe the day is, is coming. And I believe the day is here when we care less about gas and we care more about souls, all right? Where, where we care less about offices and we care more about nations. Where we care less about arguments that we have with neighbors and more about the eternal destiny on our neighbors' lives. Have you, have you gone to the store? Like, I, actually, I went Christmas tree shopping last night and with my family and God paused me for a moment as, as I was picking out a Christmas tree, God paused me for a moment where I just got to see people and think this thought, where are they going to spend eternity? Have you ever, have you gone to Target or, or you know, someplace, right? Hopefully not on Friday, you would have died, right? So, uh, but have you, gone to, have, have you gone to a place where you see the hustle and bustle of people and have you ever thought about how is that person doing? Do they know Jesus? Have you ever thought that? Or is it just always, who's in my way? Get them out of my way, right? See, God's calling us after we've rebuilt and are continuing to rebuild. God's calling us to reach people. When we were, when we were in prayer this morning, I, I really felt just Jesus speaking to me. Nathan, it's time to reach again. It's time to reach again. It's time to reach again. The, the, the harvest is ripe, and the church needs to start harvesting people again. People, are, people matter to God, right? It's my birthday. You, you got to amen that one at least. Come on, somebody. All right. So, so I, I, I want to I just focus on 2023 being a reach year. And I want to give you a little depiction of what that looks like. Do you guys know that this hurricane that just hit uh, southwest Florida uh, devastated the Fort Myers and Cape Coral area. And we have like a, a sister church. It's my dad's church down in uh, Cape Coral, Florida. And we immediately, God put it on our heart to send a team down there. We, we, we beat everybody. We beat all, all the first responders. We beat them all down to Southwest Florida. And I, I really believe that it was, it was our finest hour. All right. I remember I got up in church on a Sunday and I said, hey, tomorrow is supply day and Tuesday we're leaving and you all kicked into gear and we, we brought, and not just Providence, but other churches from around the area. Don't you know that if we want to link arms with other churches, it, you know, let's start with God's mission in the world. Let's serve together, right? And we, hundreds of gallons of water and supplies, uh, 
the tens of thousands of dollars were brought into, not just in hard cash, but in supplies. And we were, 12 of us were able to drive them down to Florida together, bless that church for two days, and come back with stories to tell. And we have so many stories. I believe that one of the reasons why we don't see more miracles is because we're not living on mission with God's heart. Right? Um, like, we have to put our, uh, ourselves in the place where we need a miracle. You know, you want to hear a miracle? It's a miracle in me. We're driving down through the night. We get to North Carolina at about 2.30 in the morning. Uh, the gas is much cheaper down there, so we stopped. We had, we had hundreds of gallons of, you know, of tubs to fill up with gas, and we stopped in North, North Carolina to fill up on gas. I was using my credit card and uh, just filling up gas and just watching go cha-ching, cha-ching. I was like, this is for you, Jesus, yay. Uh, but uh, we, were just, uh, we were just doing this, and all of us were kind of chipping in. We're filling up hundreds of dollars. Well, I, I left my blue American Express probably on the top of the gas machine, in North Carolina at some random spot, and I drove off without it, all right? I did not know this, but I did. Um, the Mark Preston, who was driving behind us, he got on the radio and he said, hey, Nathan, your, uh, your back right taillight is out. At the, you know, we don't want to uh, add a, uh, you know, a, a fine or a ticket to this, so let's, at the next place, let's stop. And we stopped at like a Cracker Barrel or something, then we went to a because uh, that's where you have to go when you're driving south. Uh, but uh, but th then we stopped at like an auto parts store, and Mark Preston actually put the, uh, uh, the new taillight in. But it's when I got my wallet out and I went to pay for the taillight that I saw that I didn't have my credit card. So I started freaking out a little bit. And uh, I was just like, God, I don't have this. We're down here. I, I need funds. I uh, don't really have them. I'm just going to trust you with it. Uh, I had that decision in my heart where I can, I can really get a little crazy here or I can just give it to Jesus, say, Jesus, I'm going to stay on mission. I'm not going to worry. I told everyone about it. We, you know, everyone knew that I lost my card. If it shows up, great. Uh, if not, God's got it. And, uh, and so we just continued going. But I remember I, as I was driving, I just said, God, if you could return this card to me, it sure would be a blessing to me. Just kind of like a, a little boy saying to his dad, Dad, I'd really love this, right? And so we, get, we, we go through the whole four days in Florida, still no credit card. I searched the whole vehicle, still no credit card. We're coming home and we're driving. We're in North Carolina again. There's a, there's a trucker being, I'm driving, there's a trucker being very mean to me on the road, all right? We had just decided on the radio that we're going to stop the next time we see a cracker barrel. We're going to stop, all right? Uh, for lunch, but there's this trucker being mean to me. Well, Mark Preston again, he's like my new bodyguard. He sees this trucker being mean to me. He, he gets in this trucker's way, lets me get around him, but makes us miss the exit where the Cracker Barrel was. I apologize to the guys and say, guys, I'm sorry. We'll stop at the next Cracker Barrel. All right. Well, so we do. We say, sure enough, there's a sign for the next Cracker Barrel. We're driving along. You guys tracking with me? You guys like this, right? So the, uh, that we stop at the next exit and, and go to the Cracker Barrel, sure enough, it's the same place where we stopped where I lost my cart. We eat a Cracker Barrel. I walk over to or drive over to the gas station where we filled up. We're, guys, we're not trying this. We're not trying this. Actually, a mean trucker demonically got us there, all right? All right? This is it. Cracker Barrel got it. If God can use Cracker Barrel, guys, like we've got a great future. Come on. And all their sausage and gravy and whatnot, you know? So, but uh, 
So anyway, I walk into this gas station. I say, hey, a few days ago, I think I left a blue American Express card here. My name is Nathan Herndon. The lady says, hold on one second. She comes out with it and hands it to me. She says, have a nice day. I say, I sure will. I just put, I put it in my pocket. I'm like, come on, Jesus. Come on, man. So guys, I, I, I want to tell you, this, this is happening. See, I call that miraculous. We're not stressing and striving on how to plan on all that stuff. We're, we're like, like sons and daughters offering prayers up to God, laying things at Jesus' feet, but not letting small details keep us from the mission. Do you hear this? There's always going to be small details that keep us from the mission, but there's no time for it. God's got it. He wants to work creative miracles in our midst. And I've never been more proud of Providence on, on how we assembled so quickly, so organized, and served with, with, uh, with such beautiful hearts as in Florida. But here is the thing. Here's the thing. is I don't want us to wait for natural disasters and traumatizing experience to live on mission anymore. Are you with me? The church is not just supposed to wait for for bad things to happen and then respond, we're supposed to live like this as our normal. As our normal. We're constantly supposed to be running to the needy. Constantly supposed to be seeing people like God sees them. Constantly uh, uh, believing for miracles in people's lives. And I wanna, I wanna live on mission. I love rebuilding, but the purpose for rebuilding is so then we can reach people exactly where they are. One of the most beautiful things about the gospel for me is not that somehow in my strength I found Jesus, but the, the beauty of the God, here's, here's, here's what it was for me, is that Jesus in his grace and mercy found me, all right? And so the church is supposed to have that heart. We're supposed to see people and go after people like Jesus does. This is the mission of the church. We're supposed to build people up. We're supposed to build people up so we can send them out. And so at Providence, we say we, we build people to overflow in God's love and carry his heart. There's a lot of religious people that are doing stuff not out of the love of God, not with the heart of God, but they're just doing it actually for themselves, serving others so they can feel better about themselves. And that is not how the church works. That it actually brings pain to, to a people. And so God is building us up, filling us with his love, setting our hearts on fire so we see people like he sees them. And I just want to be a part of a church like that. Anybody? Yeah. Don't, you, don't you just want to be built up? And then, then so aflame with the Holy Spirit that you, you just can't not pray for somebody's healing. Believe for somebody. Say, I've got $100 in my pocket and it's yours. Guys, there are, there are miraculous provision that God wants to pour out on, on, a, on a generation that's just hurting. And God wants to use you and me. This is how the church is supposed to be acting. I think, I think most of our, or much of our experience is the, the church insulating ourselves, cocking you know, turrets out there, and just annihilating people that disagree with us. Listen, Jesus is bigger than a few dissenters. And you know what? Jesus loves dissenters, too. Jesus loves people. It, there's no way to get around that. And so if you've got your Bibles, Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10, is one of hundreds of places where we could have turned to today just to show how Jesus operates on mission and how he operates in a world where people are imperfect at best, but he still loves them and pursues them and goes after them. So Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, I just want to read this to you 
And I just want to comment on a few things. And then I want to talk about how some practical ways that we are walking this out in this house, in this church. Luke chapter 19, verse 1, starting, it says, He, that meaning Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. It's pretty amazing. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. And listen to this, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Powerful passage. Many, many, many like it. But I love this because Jesus knows exactly why he came. He ends with this. It's like the exclamation point on what he just did. Listen, you all can be upset that I went to the house of a rich man that made his riches by oppressing you all. And you can all wish that I would treat him with vengeance like you would like to. But the problem is, I love this man just as much as I love you. I'm going to his house. And here's why. It's because this is the reason I came. I seek people and I save people. This is the Jesus that we're following. This is the model. And I, I want to just uh, draw out a few observations about how Jesus reached out to people, how Jesus reached people while he was walking this earth out of Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to, 1 to 10. Uh, first of all, do you notice that Jesus sees people? Do you notice that? Like th there's something powerful about just being recognized, being noticed, not being able to slip in and be like, nobody, if you're not seen, you feel uncared for, all right? And here Zacchaeus is the shortest guy in the crowd. He, he wants to see Jesus, so what he does is he is proactive and he climbs a tree. There's hundreds, maybe thousands of people clamoring for Jesus, but Jesus sees the guy that wanted to see Jesus up in the tree. I love this, that Jesus sees people. The, the, I like calling this today, it's not because I, I rarely see people watching us at Providence from trees, you know? Maybe some of my neighbors, I, I, I do see them looking in on occasion, right? Uh, but the, uh, Jesus, Jesus seeing people is, is like this. I, here's what I've been saying. It's Jesus sees the people in the back. I, I ran into a, a lady at a, uh, you know, at a store last week. And she ran up to me, gave me a hug. I hadn't seen her in years. And she goes, man, I love, what, I love what's happening at Providence. I was like, you come to Providence? She goes, well, she goes, I sneak in the back. And then I, I come late and I, then I leave early, but I'm there. Well, years ago, I, I would have given her a biblical lecture about the power of community and how she needs to really belong and all of these things. But I was remembering how Jesus sees Zacchaeus, right? And I'm remembering that, you know what? If there's someone that wants to see Jesus so much that they just need to slip in the back late and then leave early, listen, 
we'll take it, all right? Like, what we care about is not you, you, what you can do here, but you being seen by Jesus, all right? This is, I, I was, it, when, uh, when the live stream first came out, and I just want to say hi to our live stream people. When the live stream uh, first came out, I would preach to myself, that's not church. That's not church. And I actually don't believe that it's church to be at home you know, sipping tea in your pajamas week after week after week. Just, just, I think that's convenient quasi-Christianity. It's not really what church is, all right? But at the same time, if you're at home in your pajamas sipping your tea or eggnog or whatever you're doing and you're tuning in, Jesus sees you. And so I've got to say, yo, how are you doing? God has something better for your life. And I want to start approaching people the way that Jesus sees people. Jesus sees a rich guy in a tree just wanting to get a glimpse of someone famous. But he sees the deeper thing that was in Zacchaeus's heart. And that he sees Zacchaeus's longing and desire and what God was doing in a man despite what everybody else thought of this guy. You know, I, I would encourage you to start uh, focusing your prayers on the people that everybody hates. I really believe those are the people in the back. The people that are the furthest that we have labeled furthest from the kingdom. For the ones furthest from the, oh, they would never. Well, they, they're such an atheist. You know, the atheists often are just hurting angry people that actually need a real encounter with Jesus, not, not like some weird Christian just kind of pressure them, right? They need a real encounter with Jesus. And I start saying, start aiming your prayers at people that you feel are the furthest from the kingdom, that the crowd was like, never go to their house. I really believe that Jesus wants to start there. It's an upside down backwards kingdom. He starts with the least likely and he does the greatest things with, with the people with the least amount of worldly potential. And God uses the least to shame the greats in the earth. David killing Goliath. It goes Saul writing much of the New Testament, right? It's least likely people are seen by God. And so, friends, listen, we need to stop saying, well, I'm going to, we need to stop being safe and we need to start seeing people like Jesus sees people. We got to see, if we're going to reach people, we got to see people like Jesus does. Listen, this one, though, I love it. Here's how Jesus reached people is that Jesus is unmoved by the mob. The, Jesus had a mob on his hands and he's, he's wise enough to know that the one person's house that he should not go to based on popular opinion or opinion polls be Zacchaeus's place. Because Zacchaeus, Jesus, it's the only time in the Bible where someone is referred to as a chief tax collector. We've heard of chief Pharisees. This is a chief tax collector. So this is the boss of all the tax collectors and it is a crowd full of people that are impoverished because of him stealing from them, robbing from them, and he's living large, and he's, he's taking from his own people, his own brothers and sisters. He is the last person that the, the crowd would want Jesus going to their house and hanging out with, right? You get that? But I know that Jesus is unmoved by the mob. Acceptance by the crowd, listen, is not Jesus' goal. Seeing a man that his father was working in, that the Holy Spirit was working in, seeing this man and seeing him come into the kingdom as a son. That was Jesus's goal. He doesn't care if he has to stand before an angry crowd or not. He, he does it really, really well. I, I love this. L listen to this. So Jesus 
So in verse 6, so he hurried and came down and, and received him joyfully. Interestingly enough, the other people aren't receiving Jesus joyfully anymore. In fact, this is what they say in verse 7. And when they, they is the crowd, the mob, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Right? That's how the crowd's thinking. Why would he not come to my house? I'm not so bad. Why is he going to Zacchaeus' house? I'm poor because of Zacchaeus. Why would Jesus do this? He's hanging out with sinners. Well, he's doing this because it's his mission. He came to seek and save not those who are found, but those who are lost. And, and Jesus is willing to be unmoved by a mob that would say otherwise. I love this. We're, listen, we're going to have to take stands to hang out with people that are just not going to look right to religious people in these days if we're going to reach other people. And we're going, to have to, we're going to have to be okay with weird nonsense being said about us, this church, yourself, on social media when it goes public. Because I, I believe that God wants to save Zacchaeus in this day, and it's not, it's not going to work if we're embarrassed to hang out with him. All right? You're going to have to pray on that one. I can tell that, there's a, a, that there, there's, we're going to have to break through some walls on that one. I think we care way more about what the crowd says. I think one of our greatest fears is being blown up on social media. Listen, I've been, it, I've been blown up many times. I'm still standing, all right? I can tell you right now, uh, based on good authority and experience, that I would rather be blown up on social media but be friends with Jesus than hold Jesus at a distance and be friends with people that are turned on you. I'm telling you guys. It's way better, way, way better. But here's the other thing. If we're Jesus followers and we're operating according to his heart, his heart is Zacchaeus's, and we're going to have to eat with them. Thanks, Bethany. All right, hey, so listen. Here's the other one. Jesus ate with people. You know, this, this wasn't Jesus inviting Zacchaeus over to his house. This is Jesus saying to Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. I feel like there, there's, there's something that breaks down walls there. It's, it's something like Zacchaeus, where, where you've lived, like your, your whole life, your whole world, I'm coming to invade your whole world. I'm going to change your whole world. I'm coming to your house today. Just get, as you open the doors of your house, it's going to be like your heart opening to me. I'm just going to, I'm going to change. I'm coming to your house today. He, ate, he says, I'm coming to your house. He ate with people. I, I want to talk about, just for a moment, the, the value of hospitality that Jesus operated in and held high. And, and in fact, I, I really believe this. Uh, prophetically speaking, I believe that there's going to be more people saved in 2023 around your dining room, and, uh, dining room tables than on Sunday mornings in a service. I really believe this. I believe that, that God is, that we're going to, that every person at Providence is going to be trained on how to be a missionary and share the good news of Jesus with people. And you're going to have such a heart for people that you can't keep them out of your house. And as they're around the house, you're a table. I believe that God's going to open doors to their hearts and you're going to speak the gospel message and people are going to be saved in front of meatloaf at your table. I believe this. Now, now, I hope that hundreds and thousands of people are saved right here. I hope we have tear-stained concrete. I really do. I pray that people repent or are broken and, and find out that, God, that they are wanted by God and their hearts are wrecked, that they can have them. They don't have to work their way towards, them, towards God. They can have a righteousness given to them through faith as a gift. I, I, I'm, I'm excited about that here. I pray that our altars are flooded with, re, with people 
repenting and coming to Jesus in faith. I really do. But I really, what I want more is I want every one of us to be a missionary that cares for the lost and that has people over to your house and just loves on them, meets them where they're at and shares Jesus with them around a meal, around a coffee, around a tea or something. Just like that you can have your house. Listen, we get all excited about saying, you know, we're not insulating ourselves. These walls aren't to protect us. But your houses do the same thing. The people that say the church should get out of their walls. Well, you use your house as, a, as an insulator from your neighbors. The, the hypocrisy in this is, is rich, ripe, stinky, foul, all right? Listen, your house is a tool to bring the gospel to neighbors, to be a light in the midst of darkness. This is, I uh, trick-or-treat night for years. We rolled a grill into my uh, front yard and served hundreds and hundreds of hot dogs. Some of you were part of this. Hundreds of hot dogs to people. And just, we just gave them to neighbors for free. And people kind of, you know, the first people kind of didn't, they thought there was, that there was a catch and there wasn't. We were just, hey, just loving on you guys. Just bless you guys. Have it for free. Good job, Dad. Hey, Captain America. You know, we're just saying hi to all these people. And you know what happened? is uh, when somebody in my neighborhood, even years later, went through a hard time and just needed help, helped, they remembered the house that gave them hot dogs on trick-or-treat night, and they came to our house, and we were able to have a door into their heart because we just loved on them. There's something powerful about a meal, there's, there's, and, and we miss out on Everything is fast food now, and there's something powerful about sitting down around a table not quick to rush away, but sitting there, the presence of God hits hard when you kind of linger around a meal together. There was one conversation, not 12, and you listen to everybody's hearts. Everyone gets to talk. Everyone gets to be heard. Just the Holy Spirit comes. Remember when Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, was hanging out with the guys on the road to Emmaus and they invited him to, his, to their house? It's when Jesus broke the bread that their eyes were opened and to, to the revelation of Jesus who they were just eating with. There's something about just eating together and practicing hospitality, not rushing around, but just being with people, eating with people, inviting them to our homes that I really believe that God wants to use. I believe that salvations and breakthrough and life is going to happen as a result about, of this. Now, here's the last thing, though, that Jesus knew his mission Verse 10 says, you know, I, I came, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is very similar to Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 to 13, when Jesus finds Matthew at a tax booth and calls, once again, here's a guy that is, that is stealing money from his own people, all right, and Jesus wants him has a call on his life, calls him out of that. And then Jesus says the same thing. I, I didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick. I came to seek and save what was lost, he says, in the same kind of context. And then Matthew 18, if you just read a little bit, uh, uh, you know, a few chapters later after Matthew 9, Matthew 18, 12 to 24, you see the heart of Jesus that if he has 100 sheep and one has gone missing, here's the heart of Jesus, 
leave the 99 and go after the one. He sees, he cares about, he doesn't care about mass. He cares about individuals. He goes, this is the heart of Jesus. This is the mission of Jesus. And then if you're still looking in, in uh, Luke chapter nine or Luke chapter 19, I should say, have I been saying Luke nine the whole time? I'm sorry. It's Luke 19 is where we're at. If you just read a little bit over Luke 19, 41, you see that Jesus riding into Jerusalem about to be murdered by his own people, about to give his life up for his own people, about to be nailed to a cross, Jesus cries over the city. And it's not because he, he loved the architecture, it's because he cares for the people of the city, that they were missing out on who is right in front of them. Jesus is crying over the people that were about to kill him. And this is the heart of Jesus. We've got to take down our defenses and we just have to love people. You know, a world seeing the church hurting for them and crying over them, I, I feel like that's, going to, that's just going to break, that's going to melt their hearts. Instead of, we can't ask people who don't know Jesus to live for him before they even know him, guys. This, listen, we love people for who they are and their brokenness and their mess. And we're on mission to seek them out with the heart of God and to, to see them saved and adopted into the kingdom as sons and daughters. I'm excited about this. Yeah, but I, I just want to let you know, too, that what this means for us, though, as a Jesus church, we want to build people up and send them out. What this means for us is that our number one priority is not comfort. I, I want you guys to be blessed. I don't want you always to be stressed. I'm like, what are they going to do now? I, I want there to be some security and some safety around here, spiritually and emotionally and all of those things. But what I really want is to you to operate in God's heart for you. What I really want is you operating in the call and the mission that Jesus has placed on your life. What I really want is to see people in these days getting out of comfort and stepping in, into trips, sharing things, taking a risk at the bank with somebody that just needs a word from God. That's what I really want. I want to live on the edge. I want to live with a, a, a level of danger. My heroes in the faith are the, are the men and women from Fox's Christian Martyrs of the World. People that treasure Jesus more than life were willing to be burned and all they had to do is just give up their Bibles and they wouldn't. They were burned with them. That's, that's, that's what I want. I want to know Jesus like that. And, and uh, if we're going to know Jesus like that, it's going to be dangerous, but it's going to be great. And we're going to see miracles and we're going to see revival. Revival in a lot of ways is not just a bunch of people being emotional because emotions come and people shake and I want that. But revival is really when communities are transformed by the gospel. When people start repenting, and repentance is this. Repentance is saying, I've loved and valued other things over you, God. My heart's affections, I've wanted these things when I was made to want you, and I'm sorry. Let's get you in first place. Let's agree on that one. And so I'm excited about this. Let me tell you just briefly here. I've got a few more minutes how we're going to do some of these things in 2023, how we're going to partner with God's hearts. Uh, number one, um, we are, we're writing everything down in these days, and uh, we've created a, a 2023 field manual. This is it. We have about 15 of them at the Connection Center. They're really for the leaders. I want to, I want the, if you're in leadership at Providence, I really want to encourage you to have this, and because and, uh, we've got to be, let's not play tug of war, Right? Let's know where we're going and, and run together, right? And so there's a lot of things. We have our organizational chart is here. We have, we have our Sunday sessions. 
planned out for all of 2023. Can anybody say amen to that, right? We've got, we've got, we've, we've got all our 2023 calendar already here. Guard this stuff. Like there's, there's so much stuff, but we're also uh, sharing in here how we really believe that we're going to reach people this year. This is how people, someone connects at Providence. This is how someone gets discipled at Providence. This is how, 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 how. Uh, we also have a, a little description of our logo. Our, there's a lot of, some, some people think it's a turtle. Uh, some people think it's fire, but we actually say this, no, this is what, it's wind. There's never gonna be a season at Providence where we don't need the winds of the spirit. We don't do this by mustering up our own strength. It has to be the Holy Spirit. So listen, we put all of this stuff in here. I wanna encourage you to get this. Um, and uh, make checks out to Nathan Herndon uh, at, uh, and uh, yeah, 99.99, just for you, special today, Black Friday. No, they're all free for you. They're all free for you. I just, I want, I want you to have them, and I, I, but I don't, I don't want them to stay on the shelf. I just want you to use these as a tool, especially the leaders here. So that's one thing. But here's another thing that's, that's happening. As we're focusing on what God wants to do in a reach year, and as we're prioritizing missions, what we mean by missions is what God's doing uh, locally and globally or what, what God is, is doing in our neighborhoods and the nations, okay? And so what we're going to do January 22nd, it's the fourth Sunday in January 2023, the entire offering that comes in online, digital giving, at, you know, physical giving in the buckets, all of it, every single penny is all going to missions that Sunday. We're giving it all. It's going to turn into our whole missions budget for the year. Everything. If, if $500,000 comes in that day, guys, listen, you have a commitment from me. We're giving it all to missions. All right? We're going, we're going after this. We're putting our money where our mouth is. Would $500 help us pay off the debt? Well, yes, I would. it would be amazing to, to, be, you know, to be closer to be, being debt-free. And that's going to come. But I'm telling you, on the 22nd, every penny that comes in, we're, we're giving out before we're focusing on, on what we have inside, all right? So we're doing that. Mark your calendars, January 22nd. We're giving, we're giving, and we're going to give away everything that comes in, all right? Um, do you guys, anybody here for the fireworks this year? All right, we had an estimated 1,200 people that pulled up in their cars and stuff on the property. We're playing cornhole with them. Some guys started uh, roasting hot dogs out there. Best fireworks I've seen outside of Disney World, all right? They're really great. The same guy is coming back this year. He, he, he's doubling it, all right? And we're just going to say, hey, if this is a way that we can practice hospitality on our neighbors, we're going to uh, take on the great expense of very great fireworks, and we're going to serve in that capacity. And we're not going to get up and preach at them. We're going to love on them, eat hot dogs with them, hug on them and say, you've got a home right here if you ever need it. Now, I'm hoping that Danny Goki comes that night too. And, and you know, I think it'd be really great. Uh, he's a new friend of the house. In fact, we put a picture of Danny Goki here uh, right in, in the, let me show you this. This is really, really good. It's so good. His hair is, he's just a dreamboat. Uh, there he is right here. We got Danny Goki in the flesh, just standing on a hill, uh, just like being all oh, powerful. Uh, but uh, so we will see if he can come. Whether, whether the Goki is here or not, we're going to love on our neighbors on July 4th. All right, you got me? Listen. Here's something else. Wednesday nights in 2023, we're going to begin working in what we're calling family nights. Uh, the tribes are already meeting up here on the hill. 
But we want to start meeting with them. We want to start going after God together. We want to start praying. We want to start, we're going to have classes on Wednesday nights. But most importantly, in my opinion, we're going to start having meals together on Wednesday nights in 2023, eating together. Put a big table down, down the middle of the foyer and eat together and get in each other's lives. You know, some of your friends will come to a meal, but they won't come to this. And they'll come to a meal and just be loved on and seen. And we're going to start Wednesday nights in 2023. You're going to be great. We're going to start doing evangelism training. In fact, one of the classes in the sessions that you'll see is sharing Jesus. We just want to teach you, just make sure that you're squared away on what the gospel actually is and what the gospel isn't. The, the good news of Jesus, what it is and what it is not. And we want to teach you how to share it, like a two-minute testimony type thing. So you can be ready in season and out of season to share how Jesus has saved you. And we just want to equip you with that and then send you out dangerous into a dark world, right? Um, we, we're, we've got 72 acres of land up here. Um, this year, 2023, we're developing the land. Let me tell you the heartbeat in this. We're, we're actually putting together, we've got a land dream. 2023, we're putting together a land plan. And we're going to start moving some dirt and we're going to start doing some really great things. We're not going to be putting on additions, things like that. Here's what we're doing. We're going to start saying, God, here's what God's put on our heart. How can we use this hill to impact our community? Remember last year, we did a dessert auction like we're about to do in just a little bit here. And we were able to walk uh, like almost a $10,000 check down to Spring Grove School District and just say, this is a gift, no strings attached from your friends at Providence. And they wept. And, uh, and then I said, what's next? They said, what do you mean what's next? They said, what, how can we help you next? And they said, well, we really need practice fields. I said, you've got it. And so we, we're working in, how do, we, how do we get practice fields up here? Where families, kids can play soccer and whatever else. And how do we just serve the community? That is, that is number one. We're not using the hill to hide from the community. We're using the hill as a tool to reach the community. And there's lots of dreams, all right? Listen, group ministry... Group ministry is so important. You, you have to come belong and serve in group ministry, but group ministry is also going to be the, uh, the tip of the spear, so to, place, uh, uh, so to speak, for missions, because every group is going to adopt a missionary partner that we have, pray for them. How, how, do, we, how do we stand with you? How, what's going on in your life? Email with them, and just every missionary at Providence is going to know that they've at least got one group that is in their corner and it's for them, all right? It's gonna, getting in a group is gonna get you on the front lines of some really great things and you're gonna have great life-changing friends. And then here's a cool thing too, and this will be the last one I share, but we're doing an Easter production uh, in 2023. It's not gonna be an Easter cantata. It's gonna be an Easter production that, that Phil Payne, our uh, creative director, is actually, he and a whole team are writing themselves and we're turning this place into a, 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 a just something pretty amazing, uh, where we're going to do a production for the community that's just going to share the heart of Jesus with people. And I think that God's really going to use it this year. So uh, be praying for that and be reaching out to Phil uh, if, there's, if, you, if you would like to be a part of that. Guys, a lot of things are going on, but if we, we can do a lot of stuff, if our heartbeat is not, Jesus, we're your church. What are you doing in the earth? We're a Jesus church. You bought us. This is not Nathan's church. This is Jesus' church. We're, we're stewarding your move. How do you want to use us in this day? And I believe if we have that heartbeat that say, Jesus, all for you. We're lifting you up. 
We're following you. You are our greatest treasure. I really believe that the Holy Spirit is going to move in some powerful ways. So here's a few things that you can do. I would say this. Pray for, for fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in these days. Just like Acts. Where, you know, when the, the church got together and they were facing something insurmountable and they cried out to God, the Holy Spirit fell on them and empowered them to do what they couldn't do in the flesh. That is the only way that we're going to do this. This doesn't happen by willpower. It's Holy Spirit power. And we need to begin to pray for this in greater capacity in these days. Here's another thing you can do. Focus on faithfulness. All right? Do you know that just your presence here, just you showing up, you have no clue, no clue just that you would be here with us in person. That is a huge, huge thing. And in fact, I'm not looking anymore for leaders who are the best and brightest and most gifted. I'm looking for the people who's shown up consistently for the past four years. Those are the people that I want to do life with, the people that you can just count on. I really believe that this is going to be a season for the faithful to rise up and lead. All right? Um, you can start a group. We need more groups. All of them are maxed out at Providence. Come on, that's great. We have over 100-something people in groups, and we need, we need to at least double or triple it. Uh, and listen to this. You can, you can invite a Zacchaeus to your house. You can start looking at people and say, Jesus, where's Zacchaeus? Where's someone looking for Jesus? Where's someone that I can be Jesus to? Here's another one. I, I, I keep forgetting to say this, but I really believe that, that we need to start a Providence volleyball team that doesn't play in a church league, all right? We need to get outside where they swear like pirates. We need to play with swearing pirate volleyball players, all right, and be Jesus to them. Like, so let's start a volleyball team, all right, and let's, let's get into the, the community. So, guys, this is a lot, but as we do this, do you know what the book of Acts says? As the church was living on mission, as the people least, as the least of these, as the people that, like, as Paul came to faith in Jesus. Do you know what happens after those people started to come to Jesus? Listen, this is Acts chapter 9, verse 31. It says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit and multiplied. I believe that's a word for us. I believe that these are going to be days that if we're walking in the power of the Spirit, we're seeing people come to Jesus, there's just going to be, man, there's, there's going to be roots going deep. We're going to be reaching people. We're going to, going to have influence with people. It's not about influence. It's about, it's about the glory of God in people's lives. Amen. We're just going to see Jesus lifted up in ways that we never dreamt. And I just want to be a part of this on volleyball courts, around dinner tables, and here on Sunday mornings. I believe that God is going to do marvelous things. Do you want this? Do you just want to tell God, God, I want this. I want this. I want this. Just tell me, just ask him right now, God, who do you want me invite, to invite to my house? Who's on your radar that's in my sphere of influence? Let's just tell God that we're sorry for being so busy that we just don't see people anymore. People are just in our way. God, we, we want to fall in love with people again, the way that you love them. But most of all, Jesus, but we, we want you. And we want to be your people. We want to be your church. This is not about us. This is about you. Just get all the glory. This is, not, this, this is just about you, God. God, I just pray if you do anything, God, I just pray that you, you, you put a, a passionate desire in our hearts that, that cannot be satisfied by anything in this world but you. 
I just pray that you put a desire in our hearts to want you and to want to be with you and to know you more in these days. God, we just open our hearts like that. Just walk in to our, uh, to our hearts, our homes in these days. Take center stage, we pray, Jesus. We just bless you. We praise you. I ask all these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org.